Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. We are live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. I've also got Power Chat working tonight, where you can send through a donation with a message, which I can read out on the show, uh, which helps uh, this program and other Unshackled productions and the Unshackled itself. It is 9pm here in Melbourne, Victoria, and I see that Palo Conservative Australian says, nine is too late, Tim, wind it back to 8.30pm. Well, I've explained the reason for moving the, the show to 9pm, it's so I can, and uh, your, you, the audience, can view the Australia First programs, uh, which are on at 8pm uh, Melbourne time. That is the Groiper Aligned Australia First program with Gabrielle Mare and White Australia First uh, with Michael Nelson, a member of the National Socialist Network, also known as Mikkel. It's funny that uh, they're either not on, both not on one Monday, but they're both on the next Monday. Or maybe, uh, because obviously White Australia First only launched recently, maybe uh, Mickle, he only has a show when he knows that uh, Gabe is only going to be on a Monday night. Hadron says, I watched White Australia First with Michael G. Nelson. He mentioned he's got a $769 fine for, uh, for in a Club X. He said he called uh, one of the workers a, a dyke. And so he, he it was some disturbance public nuisance offence. And so he got a $769 fine. Uh, so that is certainly one way to get fucked at Club X. Now, it's been a, another full-on week here in Melbourne, Victoria. And uh, now I'm not sure if you uh, saw the 6pm news on Channel 9 and 7 on Saturday night. There was apparently, uh, there uh, was a scuttle in High Street, Thornbury. Uh, that is where Melbourne's local Antifa uh, gathered uh, for a fundraiser event. Uh, so they'd been uh, promoting it on their, their Slack Bastard, the, the White Rose Society, uh, Cass Ross. Uh, so this is it here. Uh, it, uh, so it was, it, it was organized by uh, Sharp, uh, which is Skinheads Against Racial Pre Prejudice and 161 NAM Crew. 
Uh, so it went to White Rose Society and 25% of all proceeds will go to the Black People's Union in order to pay the rent and so show solidarity with Indigenous sovereignty, liberation and their need for urgent mutual aid. Uh, now, Melbourne's inner north, it's uh, Antifa Central, uh, Victorian Socialist Central. That's where they're, most of them are based, but they've also branched out uh, to Footscray in the inner west. So it was reported on, well, they, they, they liked the, the Channel 9 uh, news story because it, uh, it gave them a total victory against uh, a group of Nazis who showed up. Uh, this was the, the Channel 7 news report. To other news now, a wild... A group of neo-Nazis has squared off with anti-fascists in a terrifying brawl that took over Thornbury's main street. As Adam Hegarty reports, witnesses say some were armed with knives. Dressed in black and balaclavas, they still stood out. A chair picked up and hurled. This is High Street Thornbury on a Friday night. An all-out violent brawl. On one side, a dozen of Melbourne's neo-Nazi antagonisers. On the other, enraged anti-fascists. In the middle, shocked patrons. I thought they were filming a movie and um, uh, some of the men with the balaclavas were sort of waving their knives around. When I kept driving, I noticed that people were sort of turning around, so they must have been going for quite a distance. For several blocks. It began here, music venue Cafe Gummo, hosting an anti-fascist fundraiser. The neo-Nazis arrived before being chased up the street. Here's one pursuer armed with a weapon, scary scenes and quite the warning. A sign that we need to mobilise against these people, they're just ignoring um, the Nazis um, that have been marching on our streets this year. That isn't enough. Witnesses called police. In the end, though, no one was arrested. Most of those involved scattered down side streets, while one even hid in the Thornbury Theatre here for two hours before security kicked him out. The police were everywhere and they were nowhere to, where to be seen, and that was towards the higher end of uh, High Street. There were no serious injuries, but with more demonstrations planned next weekend, this confrontation may not be the last. Adam Hegarty, Nine News. Sorry, that was Channel 9's news report which Slackbuster and co loved uh, because they were called anti-fascists and uh, reported their version of events apparently these neo-nazis uh, they had knives and and they of course uh, the antifa they courageously uh, ran these knife wielding nazis out into the street it was total victory that's that's then that that was their their narrative that uh sharp and these antifa they're 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 so they're this they are so uh, so powerful uh that uh and strong in number that they can chase any nazis away from their their, their territory so they loved the channel nine report uh not so much the the channel seven report to other news now, a wild brawl between left and right wing extremist groups has erupted on a main street in Melbourne's northeast. Dozens of masked men armed with metal rods were captured throwing furniture across the street, forcing frightened locals to run for cover. Weapons in hand and full of hate, two hostile groups take High Street hostage. Nazi! 
With furniture as weapons, they exchanged blows. Taking swings, they shattered a shop door as terrified diners took cover, egging each other on. The violence escalated, spilling onto the middle of the road. It was really scary. I think this kind of stuff is not tolerated and should not be tolerated in Australia. Anti-fascist groups claim last night's Thornbury dispute follows a string of escalating Nazi demonstrations across Melbourne. Over the last couple of weeks, they've done things like put up anti-Semitic graffiti all over Altona. Um, they also defaced a series of Aboriginal plaques around the West. We really want to drive them out of this city. We need to stop them from growing in confidence. When police arrived, the combatants on both sides quickly fled, while witnesses hid inside nearby businesses too frightened to leave. Inside the Thornbury Tap House, this man takes refuge, hiding out in a booth. He waits for his pursuers to pass as puzzled staff come to his aid. They wanted to come inside, but our staff stopped them. They did a very brave job in, in uh, you know, saving the person who came inside. And Rochelle Brown is at police headquarters. Hello, Rochelle. So far, detectives have made no arrests. And they don't intend to. Beck police spoke with several people at the scene, but no complaints were made and there were no reports of any injuries. Police do, however, intend to continue to investigate the damaged door at what appears to be a vacant shop. Beck, Rochelle Brown, thank you. So you can see why Channel, uh, the Antifa hated the Channel 7 report uh, because it reported that it was the Antifa uh, thugs. They were the ones who were wielding the, the weapons and vandalised a, a, a shop door in their own turf. And so you, you saw there that uh, they were, were seen as the aggressors there chasing these people uh, uh, people dressed in in black. Uh, now the White Rose Society they've uh, published photos of the uh, unmasked alleged neo Nazis, and none of them look familiar. I mean, obviously uh, there is a lot of NSN members who have appeared at previous rallies who I uh, wear masks, but there's plenty now who are unmasked. Obviously Thomas Sewell, uh, Jamone Roberts. Nathan Ball, uh, Tim uh, Lutz, Michael Nelson, uh, they don't wear masks. And now Michael Nelson and uh, Australian Meditations, they were in the Northgate area putting up no uh, stickers. And I saw that uh, Cass Ross uh, put up on her Twitter account. Public safety warning, Northcote Thornbury. Please share to anyone you know in these areas. And it says that uh, uh, that a known neo-Nazi who's currently on charges for threatening Senator Lydia Thorpe is now lurking around High Street Northcote, waving a vote no placard. Oh no, the horror. Harassing locals and shop owners. Well, there's no evidence that they did that. With yes materials. What? Having a debate? 
there so 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 asking questions of yes campaigners that's harassment now he's been seen today with two other young members of national socialist network nathan ball and michael nelson on high street they're blanketing the area with racists and offensive stickers it's not safe to confront them Co uh, content warning racist and misogynist material uh, so they obviously tried to uh, before Friday, they tried to create this atmosphere of we're under attack in our own safe space. And just by coincidence, there just happened to be masked men uh, who they said were neo-Nazis uh, uh, turned up uh, to their fundraiser. Now, uh, they've been managing to get lots of sympathetic uh, publicity over this, uh, Slack Bast and White Rose Society sharing their, their fundraiser. And so they're using their so-called uh, heroes status, their courageous status for uh, for chasing out these alleged Nazis. Uh, as, so they're using it as a publicity driver. And uh, now let's just say for hypothetical sake, they it was uh, members of National Socialist Network who were there, I would actually say that they were pretty ballsy going right into enemy territory there and uh, wanting to uh, wanting to disrupt their events since uh, the Antifa always try and disrupt their events uh, when, when they're holding rallies in the city. Now, the reason why I say that... Uh, that uh, Antifa, White Rose Society, Slack Bastard, uh, they're trying to harness as much publicity from there. They always seem to win no matter what, uh, that uh, they always claim victory. Uh, remember the last time they were in Sunshine, they cl outside uh, the, the the gym uh, where the white powerlifting event was, was held, uh, they claimed victory because uh, the NSN guys didn't come out to confront them. Why would they? Why uh, obviously, uh, obviously Antifa they want to, they would have braked uh, in uh, to disrupt and be violent against the National Socialist Network if Victoria Police weren't there to keep the peace. And I saw one of the comments online uh, about, "Oh, see the Nazis run for their lives." So basically, you're implying there that uh, you. You, you would have killed them if you got the the chance and probably thought that you could get away with uh, killing uh, so-called Nazis uh, in the, the streets of Melbourne. Uh, so just by coincidence, next Saturday, they've got another drive the Nazis out of Melbourne at the at, at uh, Sunshine West, uh, which is near where the, the gym is. Now, as far as I know, National Socialist Network or European Australian Movement, they don't have any event uh, planned uh, for that day. Uh, so I don't know. I think that uh, it's being organised by the Campaign Against Fascism, Racism and Fascism, another socialist alternative front group. And they released uh, this uh, promotional uh, video on their Instagram about why it's so important uh, to uh, protest against uh, Nazis on the, the 23rd of September. Hey Beth. Yeah. Why are you protesting Nazis on September the 23rd? Because Nazis Hitler's been dead for decades and his Nazi ideas should have been gone as well. <laughs> hey Vina, why are you protesting the Nazis? Because... <laughs> 
I'm posting Nazis because Melbourne is an anti-fascist town. Because, well, they want to make Australia white, but I want to make Australia Nazi-free. I'm protesting because I want to stand up for the rights of migrants and Aboriginal people. Because Nazis have no place in society. Hey Jack, why are you protesting the Nazis? Well, I want to drive these scum out of Melbourne. <laughs> I'm coming to the march because these Nazis are pathetic and we need to show them that they are. I'm protesting because I think all left people have a responsibility to stand up to fascism. Yeah, so that's the uh, Antifa tank division who uh, apparently uh, Antifa Melbourne is is so powerful that they can uh, they can de- defeat the Nazis anywhere. And yes, I saw the the token African girl that they had there. Uh, now they're always calling uh, NSN uh, groomers, uh, but clearly uh, the socialists, they always try to groom African immigrants uh, to their cause. And using her in that that video, uh, you could also say that uh, she was uh, being blackbirded, uh, which is a, a term that that uh, the, uh, the anti-white left anti-colonial left in Australia have liked to use because there was no slavery uh, of Aboriginal Australians. So they say, oh, they were, they were blackbirded. That's what they, they cl- uh, try to say. And now I notice a, a paleo conservative Australian says, look at what they did to Jamone Roberts. Tim. Yes, last year, uh, Jamon Roberts, he nearly uh, died uh, when he was uh, in a a brawl uh, in the streets of Melbourne with some Africans. He was uh, cut at the back of his neck. Uh, One of his arteries got cut. He was in a coma for two, three weeks, nearly died, uh, lost a whole bunch of, of weight. Now you may remember that uh, Jimon Roberts he was uh, he was charged with assaulting police. Uh, this is when uh, the Victoria Police uh, they physically uh, removed the National Socialist Network members from the steps of Victorian Parliament uh, when they held their uh, stop immigration rally, living space for whites back in I think it was it was May. And they had to gather in the the north of of Spring Street. And now Victoria Police dropped the charges because it was always a a flimsy a flimsy charge. And now the mainstream media uh, they uh, they turned up hoping that uh, well uh, there'd be a big uh, punishment uh, for a gym, uh, but the, the the charge was was dropped. And so all all they all they had well uh, they this is from Australian Associated Press uh, Karen Sweeney, far right activist performed Nazi salute outside of court. Uh, so it, it says, uh, as he headed into court to admit twice driving while unlicensed. So it says, so it mentions that he, he spent three weeks in a coma on life support. And when he feels he is related PTSD kicking in, he wants to be in a safe space, such as his car, the court heard. The 
he's one of the leaders of the National Socialist Network, was stopped by police for speeding 83 kilometres at a 70-kilometre zone in April this year. Apparently, it's only Nazis who ever <laughs> taken to court for speeding offences. Checks by officers showed he was unlicensed at the time, but Roberts told police, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not unlicensed. He's pulled over again while July is still unlicensed after serving a disqualification period. If he was driving wide disqualified, then they would have been able to give him a, a more a severe punishment. Roberts told officers the license should be good to go and they'd be pulled up on a couple of times and chased it up with Vic Rhodes. He pleaded guilty to two charges of unlicensed driving. It's the magistrate, Rosemary Feller, said his actions were punishable by imprisonment, noting as he was putting himself and all road users at risk by breaking the law until he develops insight into how he needs to change his driving behaviour and should not be on the road. She said a medical certificate provided to the court didn't mention his need to be in a, a vehicle as coping mechanism for P uh, PTSD. And also uh, mentions that uh, Victoria has already made it illegal uh, to, uh, to publicly display the swastika and has got uh, is Im implementing the same penalty, 12 months in prison or a $23,000 fine. And, uh, and also mentions that uh, Tasmania has already banned the Nazi salute. Now, uh, Jim mocked the the AAP reporting on his Telegram channel. So he said, strange the media won't mention Victoria Police withdrawing all three charges of assaulting an officer, theft and resisting ar arrest. It's all very telling who they walk in stride with. Ask yourself, why did the media show up to report on someone's driving offences? I'll put the charge sheets up shortly. To the bottom feeders from the media, try harder faggots. And Thomas Sewell uh, put up his, uh, his own comments. Uh, so, despite committing no crimes, the thug sodomite gang known as Victoria Police committed violence, disorder and assault against us, pushing multiple members of our community down a flight of stairs before charging Jim Roberts with assault. Jim was one of our guys that was violently attacked by Victoria Police that day. He had recently torn a ligament in his knee while wrestling Blair. They threw him down the stairs anyway and then played stacks on at the bottom before charging him. One day we'll have our justice against the criminal organization that currently has a monopoly on violence in the state of Victoria. In the mean, mean, meantime, this is still a great victory. Of course, uh, Antifa claimed that Victoria police are on the side of Nazis because Nathan Bull is the son of a police officer, even though uh, they're constantly, <laughs> Victoria Police constantly uh, trying to find uh, things to charge nationalist activists with. And going back to that uh, calf video, they say Melbourne is an anti-fascist town. So they're admitting there that they are the establishment because they've got the media, police and the institutions on site, and of course, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, the socialist left premier. Uh, now, it seems that because I'm, as I said, there's no National Socialist Network event on at the gym that Saturday. It appears to be a dry run for Tuesday, the 26th, when uh, Donald Trump's juniors uh, rescheduled Melbourne event. 
is on. I've hardly heard anything about it. I mean, is it still going ahead? Donald Donald Trump Jr. has hardly promoted it on his uh, Twitter. Uh, so we shall see uh, whether whether it goes ahead and whether the local Antifa are going to to protest because uh, Orange Man son bad. Now, also last week, another uh, nationalist, uh, Stephen Wells, who used to be a panelist on the Uncuckables uh, back in 2021, then on uh, XYZ Live. He's standing for Busserton Council, and uh, this is the ABC headline. Uh, Busserton Council candidate Stephen Wells stands by racist anti-Semitic coronary, and uh, it has here a I was going to say, does it have a, oh yes, it has a content warning here. This story may contain language that some readers may find offensive. A self-described racist, sexist, democracy scorning white lovers running for local government in Western Australia, standing by what he says are his Christian views. And it it mentions the XYZ by name. uh, Extremist website. He encouraged people to run for councils, which he described as the most illegitimate forms of government we have in Australia. Once in local government, hardly anyone will pay attention to what you are doing. In a video published on the website the same month, he reiterated that position. In the same video, he says every single woman in parliament is a whore and that any race that has a high rate of criminality is going to have a high rate of homosexuality. Um, I don't know if there's any, what the statistics are on that and uh, of course uh, Devir Abramovich of the Anti-Defamation Commission was uh, absolutely horrified, disgusted uh, at uh, Stephen Wells running uh, for Parliament. Uh, This was uh, Devir's interview on ABC Radio Perth. So at this point, I want to bring in Dr. Devere Abramovich. Uh, he's the chair of the Anti-Defamation Commission, a civil rights organisation uh, working to eradicate anti-Semitism, and he's been listening. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Uh, now, do you think we need to make it harder for people like Mr. Wells to run for council? I just wonder how, what you make of, of this situation. Absolutely. Look, this is not Nazi Germany, and in 2023... We should not have the Western Australia Electoral Commission allowing this Hitler worshipper, this demagogue of hatred, who is an avowed and vocal neo-Nazi and Holocaust scenario, we were probably dreaming of an air in Australia to run for public office. A democracy is not just about the rights that we have, it's also about what we're willing to tolerate. And this is not normal. And to allow hardcore white supremacists uh, to be a candidate, it is a split on the memory of the brave diggers who fought and sacrifice their lives to defeat the Nazis and Hitler's regime. It's also a kick in the stomach to every Holocaust survivor in Western Australia, and it tramples on the memory of the six million uh, Jews and others murdered by the Nazis. I mean, this is beyond belief. And we have to remember that uh, words are bullets. This man has joked about uh, you know, building Holocaust gas chambers by being a counsellor. This cannot stand. So what needs to happen? Because ultimately, you could also say that I suspect the majority of people probably don't agree with his views and it it would be very hard for him, I suspect, to get elected. So the voters will 
will make the decision ultimately. Yes, but there should be no place on the ballot. And I call on the Western Australian government to actually legislate. We should not be allowing unvarnished racists and hardcore bigots such as Stephen Wells to run for office. I mean, his bigotry, his agenda tears to shreds all the shared values and ideals that Western Australians hold. We cannot mainstream and give him a platform. That's the issue. We don't need a Christchurch in Perth for us to take the white supremacist and neo-Nazi threat seriously. He's appeared on websites that have had people like Thomas Sewell and others, people who've given the Nazi salute, who've talked about, uh, you know, loving Hitler. We need to be very much aware that this is a whole of society challenge. And again, it, to me, it's, it beggars belief that the law is allowing this hate manga to run for public office. As Karshal Match said, we must uphold democracy by banding candidates we don't like. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Uh, well, a democracy is everyone, well, everyone who is eligible uh, is allowed to run for office uh, regardless of ideology. And if the WA uh, state government decided, decide, if they decided to cede to De Vere's demands and uh, ban national socialists from uh, running for public office in Western Australia, that would be unconstitutional. Uh, so it's not the, the law uh, De Vere uh, that uh, is allowing him. It's Australia's constitution. And we know this because uh, Robert Menzies in the early 1950s uh, passed legislation to ban the Communist Party of Australia. It was struck down by the High Court as unconstitutional uh, because uh, Australia is supposed to have a representative and, uh, res and uh, responsible that's responsible uh, government. Uh, so it was implied uh, that uh, parties of all ideologies are allowed to run. Robert Menzies tried to have a referendum that uh, that uh, would uh, allow the Communist Party to be banned. And despite all the polls uh, pointing to it would win in a landslide, uh, the banning of the Communist Party referendum, uh, it failed. Um, sound familiar, uh, does it? So what would have to happen is the the federal uh, federal government would have to have a a referendum to ban national socialist parties uh, from running for office or national socialist candidates. They have that law in Germany, uh, which they're trying to use to disqualify alternative for Deutschland, the the AfD from running, claiming that they're Nazis there. So. And also, uh, the the point has been made because uh, uh, Joel and Blair played uh, De Vere's uh, interview on their show on Thursday night, and Blair hadn't heard it before, and so uh, Blair was like, "What's what's the odds you'll mention the the diggers and the the Holocaust and basically the word bullets, which they're not." Bullets are bullets. Uh, there's no such thing as verbal violence. Uh, now, uh, De Vere, uh, he, uh, he was quite busy uh, this week. He uh, celebrated a, a victory. Uh, so he was uh, championing uh, five former students of uh, Brighton Secondary College who were suing uh, the, 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 the 
the school and the state of Victoria for negligence and contraventions of the Racial Discrimination Act for uh, failing to prevent uh, anti-Semitic bullying of them. So federal, uh, federal Court Chief Justice Deborah Mortimer, uh, which that sounds like a Jewish name. Uh, so if she was, if she is a Jewish judge, shouldn't she have recused herself from the, from the case? Isn't that a conflict of, of interest? Uh, so upheld the student's allegation in part, finding the college principal, uh, Richard Minak, failed to systematically address anti-Semitic bullying and harassment with established practices used for other vulnerable minor minorities. She said the principal also failed to take appropriate steps to discourage swastika graffiti. Though, if you tell as students, oh, don't draw swastikas, they're going to draw swastikas. The former students claimed Jewish students were treated differently to other vulnerable minority groups and had to endure unreasonably extraordinary high levels of swast swastika graffiti around the school grounds, which made them fearful for their safety at the school. They said during their time at the school, they were spat at, kicked, called fucking Jew and given Nazi salutes. Matt Kaplan said he saw 80 to 130 swastikas at the school between year seven and 10. Uh, so uh, Mortimer awarded compensation of almost $245,000 uh, to Snelling, while Joel Kaplan was awarded $63,780. Matt Kaplan, $60,780. Cohen, $55,000 and, and Arnold Levy, just over $1,150. And goes, you can read the, the full judgment uh, there. Uh, but the court rejected specific claims against teachers Paul Varney and Demi uh, Flesser, but Mortimer did find Varney had singled Cohen out, greeting him in Hebrew when he and his mother had made it clear the behaviour was unwelcome. The case, which was filed in April last year, uh, so and it also goes down here, uh, so De Vere described the judgment as a thundering victory for justice. I applaud the heroic boys who have endured so much pain. And go, keep going down here. Brighton Secondary College referred the aide to the Education Department for comment. And now, Brighton Secondary College, uh, just a, a fun fact, that was the school where Chris Lilly filmed Summer Heights High. So uh, De Vere, despite uh, claiming that uh, there's all of this anti-Semitism and uh, uh, neo-Nazism pervasive around uh, Victoria and Australia, he seems to keep winning in the legislatures, all the politicians are keen to meet him, and in the courts uh, as well. So I'd say actually De Vere is uh, doing pretty good. Now, there's a lot to cover tonight. It's be another epic news explosion. I'll probably run into to, to overtime as well. And now uh, there has been a, a joint uh, Channel 4 and uh, Times newspaper, which is owned by News Corp, expose on Russell Brand. Uh, it has uh, features four uh, women alleging they were uh, sexually assaulted uh, by him, uh, including one uh, when she was uh, 16 years old. 
Uh, now, of course, Russell Brand, as uh, he was employed by both the uh, the BBC and Channel Four intermittently uh, for over twenty years. He was the darling. They they couldn't uh, they couldn't uh, get. Uh, give him enough enough shows and of course he was a a far leftist uh, back then i remember back in the summer of 2002 his uh, rebrand doco series uh it featured mark collette in an episode called nazi boy which was edited to make uh, mark uh, look like his uh, his uh, views had been destroyed and he'd been humiliated Russell Brand, uh, he said he, he said that uh, he was addicted to heroin and cocaine uh, while filming that as well. Now, what are the allegations against Russell Brand? Well, let's tune into again, not the ten o'clock news with Hugh Edwards. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out of rehab now. The dust has settled and my mental health is fine. Anyway. Today we won't be exposing the Epstein Island flight logs, nor will we be investigating Prince Andrew. Not a Philip Schofield documentary either. Today's topic is Russell Brand and the sexual allegations that have been made against him, or rather, the documentary that aired accusing him of being a sexual predator before the police have been notified of such hideous crimes. So ladies and gentlemen, there has been a Tommy Robinson documentary, an Andrew Tate documentary, and there has now been a Russell Brand documentary, what you may well be asking yourself is, where the fuck is the Philip Schofield documentary or even the Hugh Edwards one? And you may well say, they did a Jimmy Savile documentary though. And you would be right, but Jimmy was dead and unable to throw his peers under the proverbial bus. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you're waiting for the ITV documentary on old Philip or one about me, giving unwell teenagers money for dirty pictures so they can feed their crack habit. Something tells me that you'll be waiting a long time. That's all for today, ladies and gents. Thanks for watching. And that is, of course, uh, from the hilarious Face Replace channel. And, well, it's AI satire. It's used for its good purposes. And Lady of Shalott, uh, has makes the the point that I was going to make. Russell Brand is a self-confessed sex addict that does not make him a rapist. Channel Four encourage him to be risque and rude, and now they're using it against him. In fact, one of the uh, alleged uh, victims actually repeated a line directly that he used from one of his stand-ups. I mean, he openly talked about all of the the the, the sex and. It made it said that oh I, you know, just go around the room in, in and instantly impregnate women. He he said on average he slept with five women per day, which is over ten thousand in in his in a, a number of years. I mean he's probably slept with more women than uh, Shane Warne. Uh, so uh, for Channel 4 they they managed to find five who were willing to speak including an ex-girlfriend. She was the only one who uh, appeared as herself on camera. The rest were all anonymous. And Katie Hopkins, she released a video saying that uh, the, the British media wanted revenge uh, for the the exposés against their darlings, uh, Philip Schofield and Hugh Edwards. And because uh, Russell Brand is no longer their darling, uh, he has gone over to the, the dark side for, well, uh, having 
facts like this when he went on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. Sure. All right. Uh, moving on. Bill. Uh, yes. Out of respect for you and your show, <laughs> I've brought some facts. Mm. Would you... <laughs> if you'd like, oh, they're oh, actually... You just, you just get the fuck out of here. I this is not the place. So I you like facts. No, no, no I, we do. No, we love they, facts. I love facts. I wouldn't have mentioned it. I'm English, and you know that politeness is our fundamental religion. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they do pertain to this issue, so may I say something? Please, please, if they inconvenience you, I I, I'll stop saying them. The pandemic created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19. <laughs> vaccine. More than two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion in profit in 2022. And may I just mention, finally, and this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that. The German public funded the BioNTech vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. It's difficult not okay, to... But I, I will just add one thing. It is possible that these are reading capitalists who made a lot of money, yes. and also there are a lot of people who did need the vaccine. Yes. There are a lot of people who did need the vaccine. I, I did, never wanted to be told I was one of them right. who had to take it, but there are lots of people who needed that vaccine and would be dead without it. That's a, that is true, too. Bill... That is true, sir. More facts. All I'm querying is this. Yes. Is if you have an economic system in which pharmaceutical companies benefit hugely from medical emergencies, where a military-industrial complex benefits from war, where energy companies benefit from energy crises, you are going to generate states of perpetual crisis where the interests of ordinary people separate from the interests of the elite. And now... Russell Brand, as I mentioned, he was a, a darling of the, the mainstream media and uh, the, the left for over 20 years. And when uh, COVID came along and the, the lockdowns and then the, the vaccine mandates, he, as he did, well, he did the, the unthinkable uh, did his own research and red peeled himself. Like it's one thing to actually realize the truth; it's another thing to speak the truth. Uh, and I mean, it's good uh, that these former far left celebrities uh, do do eventually uh, see uh, see that uh, they've been uh, deceived. Rose McGowan is another example. She realized that, well, the, the Me Too movement uh, that uh, she helped start uh, was uh, ba- basically a, a, a Democrat uh, liberal uh, weapon and that uh, it was actually these people who'd been covering up uh, covering up for uh, rapists and pedophiles for all, all, all of these years. And... It was interesting that a Channel Four. It was their investigative program, Channel Four Dispatches. Uh, they, when putting this to air, because they thought that, uh, well, uh, putting this that uh, this would uh, destroy uh, Russell Brand, but they didn't think that it would blow back on on them uh, and uh, the BBC as well. And the question is, if these allegations are true, if 
as uh, Danny Minogue said, oh, his predatory behavior was uh, well known. Uh, you protected him for so many years until he didn't say the things that you liked him to say. Uh, so it's you that is actually the, the ones that you shouldn't get a medal for airing everything now. I mean, you are part of the protection racket. You're basically, you're basically feeding uh, the conspiracy narrative uh, that, uh, that uh, you dish the dirt on people when they're no longer under your control. And there was also somebody who alleged that uh, Russell Brand did this for Chess, he decided to become an anti-vaxxer uh, freedom conspiracy theorist to, to as a cover of when these allegations came out, so that he would have a he would have a a cult of defenders because Tucker Carlson, Andrew Tate, uh, Elon Musk has uh, defended him. Now I'm certainly glad he's seen the the error of his ways uh, to some degree, uh, but he's still no saint, uh, certainly not. And I was eager to hear uh, what uh, Mark Collette's his uh, views on uh, Russell Brand's the the allegations and. Uh, he said, the funniest thing about the whole Russell Brand debacle is that it exposes how pathetic and needy both the truth, the community, and the mainstream conservative pundits are. For years, Brand has been a mouthpiece for the mainstream, pushing all kinds of violent, degenerate madness. What's more, he has cross-dressed, regularly made the kind of hand signs, some of them satanic. The truthers go mental over, dated a goldsmith there, mixed with the Hollywood elite and work with both Channel 4 and the BBC, helping to push every anti-conservative agenda imaginable, e even joking with Jimmy Savile live on air about abusing women. But all of that is waved away as, as if it never happened by the needy so-called truthers and conservatives because he has recently made a couple of comments about Big Pharma. This morning, all over Twitter, X, the conservative talking heads and truthers are falling over themselves to defend Brand, just as they did with Andrew Tate. And with Tate, the, so, the same so-called conservative and truthers dismissed his treatment of both women and men who Tate exploited and ripped off in their droves. I'm sure Brand will come become a hero for people just as Tate has and those supporting him will claim that he is a victim of the matrix and that this is just the thought police coming for him. Whether Brand is ever found guilty of a crime is yet to be seen, but this behavior with women by his own admission is so disturbing and beyond the pale. It's amazing that any so-called conservative or truther would seek to defend his actions and the fact they reek of bizarre desperation. I can see Mark's point there. And obviously we saw Candace Owens of the Daily Wire, which is supposed to be culturally and social conservative, interview Andrew Tate in Romania very sympathetically. And Mark Collette actually posted a, the phone interview that Russell Brand did with Jimmy Savile when he was still alive, and I'll play it because it's absolutely disgusting. It's, well, obviously there were rumours about well, what Jimmy was d doing to little girls when he was alive, and certainly people were covering, covering up for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is, it's chilling regardless. It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr. Jimmy Savile, just, well, you know. if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along. I, I mean, I haven't got any sisters. I but... don't usually meet fellas, but if you've got a sister, that's okay. I've got a persistent called... Part of her job description is that anyone I demand she um, greets, meets, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. 
Well, that's 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 a good start. R- what it's kind a good of start? You could send her along to do some research. Would you like her to wear anything in in particular, Sir Jimmy? I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing. Right. So you want my assistant to meet you naked? Okay. Well, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be a problem. Yeah, that is very, very dis- filthy, disgusting, creepy, degenerate, deviant, depraved. And uh, now the Channel Four Dispatches is called Russell Brand hiding in in plain sight. Uh, so obviously, trying to sort of say like, look, I it was he he was talking about all of these these sexual things out in the open and you promoted him channel four and 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 bbc but of course it it is a little too convenient that now he's no longer useful to them they found four of the thousands and thousands of women that he slept with uh, to say things against uh, make accusations against him some women have come forward to say that the channel four contacted me but because i didn't say anything against russell brand uh, i wasn't useful to their programming uh, now uh, they'll they'll do their best to uh, charge uh, russell russell brand uh, they obviously uh, harvey weinstein is the 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 successful uh, conviction of a celebrity they got uh, kevin spacey uh, they didn't get him either in the, the US or the UK, uh, though, of course, some of his accusers mysteriously died suddenly. Um, sorry, we've just got some breaking news from not the 10 o'clock news. Uh, let, let's now just cross to, back to Hugh Edwards. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. By means of gunshots to the back of the head and torso, a heroin overdose and an American footballer stabbing him, Russell Brand has committed suicide. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to broadcast this until next week. Oh, wait, never mind. That's all from me, Hugh Edwards. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Hugh said, oops, sorry, that's supposed to be later. It reminds me of when Hillary Clinton uh, posts uh, <laughs> a, 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 a obituaries about uh, her friends who die of suicide by two bullets to the back of the head and they haven't died yet. Wait, I was supposed to send that next week. Now, let's go over to uh, Peckham in South London, uh, where uh, there has been a Black Lives Matter rally outside a the Peckham Hair and Cosmetics uh, store uh, because I there was a black woman who was apprehended uh, by uh, by the shop owner uh, for alleged shoplifting. Uh, let's have a look what happened. And now you saw that the shopkeeper who apprehended uh, that black woman. I wasn't white himself. Now, a, his name, uh, he's, a, he's a Pakistani. Uh, his name is Sol Harley uh, Sinodo. Uh, this 
is uh, what he uh, told uh, the news uh, when he was uh, interviewed. You're going to start beating me, and what should I, what, what should I do? It's not choking. Like I, at the moment, my hand was like one hand was at the back. Okay, I was like detaining her. It wasn't an intentional. Like it just like get, get around her neck randomly. Definitely, I have regrets. That's why I'm talking to you. Like that. these are the regrets. Like when I, when when I told the police officer, I don't want to press the charges. And now, this whole dispute happened. Uh, so there's the the Daily Mail is, is uh, obviously uh, because this is <laughs> this has uh, been a a has led to to protests has uh, has uh, covered this extensively. And so what happened was the she uh, this woman comes back with hair extensions which she claims is is faulty. Uh, she demands a refund. He refuses. So she says, right, I'll just help myself to an exchange. And that's when that happened. I it's not great customer service of of him. I, though of course uh, she <laughs> didn't <laughs> didn't cover herself in glory either uh there was uh this this meme that that i i saw being being sh being shared shared around uh, so it's it it has a him choking her help i can't thieve and uh the, now the the so it's not black lives matter it's black women matter uh, so these are the signs outside the shop which has been boarded up and he's had to go into hiding racist asians go to hell Patel. east asians for black women uh, so it's got nothing to do with white people here this is uh, two non-white ethnicities having a uh, having a, a dispute which was started by you would say a poor customer service they're both they're both both in the wrong of course bad customer service does not entitle you to steal um that is no excuse to to steal stealing is very wrong take it to the consumer affairs or a business obnisman i mean we have remedies in australia if uh if a refund is not given for a defective product under the trade practices act there's consumer affairs victoria a triple c it's plenty of of remedies there uh but of course i uh, the mob of uh of uh black mainly black women uh turned up outside the shop oh wait i haven't i haven't got it here but as you can see uh so this is it's it's between two non non indigenous uh, 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 brits of uh, of different different ethnicities i had so many videos down my site that uh, i probably i think i've got the wrong one yeah yep I haven't, I haven't got the protest there uh, but according to the the bbc uh, that uh uh, blacks in Britain, uh, they are actually indigenous and have been there throughout all of British history. Uh, now, I'm going to play some of this uh, propaganda song uh, that the BBC, of course, are teaching to children. Uh, please uh, raise your hand in the comments if you want me to stop because it goes for two minutes.
Okay, yeah, stop. You get the idea. Remember, uh, they've also claimed that uh, Santa is black. There's probably uh, some who claim that uh, Jesus is is black. Now, let's turn back to Australia uh, for the latest in the voice referendum campaign. Uh, Pete Kosterman says, so let me guess, uh, James Cook was unironically black now. No, no way. It only works. It only works that way. Uh, so uh, non-whites are indigenous to everywhere on the planet, which makes, where do white people come from? This is, this is the thing. Like, so they're claiming that white people weren't uh, the, in, well, uh, are not the only indigenous uh, people to the, the British Isles now. But of course, uh, the indigenous Australians, uh, the first Australians were, of course, uh, the, the non-whites. Uh, just uh, just because, well, all of us who were born in Australia are indigenous and our parents and grandparents who were born here and uh, built and worked, worked the land are indigenous by definition. In fact, uh, Noel Pearson, uh, when he had a outbreak of common sense, uh, said uh, that even Andrew Bolt uh, is indigenous, like he claims. Uh, but if you have the, the, obviously this voice referendum, uh, this uh, having this uh, indigenous uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander voice in the the constitution, is you get extra say and uh, more uh, well constitutionally entrenched privilege, oh, well, uh, the elites uh, will get even more privilege uh, on your behalf if you have uh, some Aboriginal blood in you. Uh, you've apparently got uh, more more uh, rights, more connection to Australia uh, than those who, despite being in Australia and being part of Australia for generations and generations, you apparently have more uh, than not. Now, the polls uh, continue uh, to go further south for the Yes campaign. No is on the path to a glorious victory, a rebuke uh, to uh, the Aboriginal industry. And Marcia Langton, who is, uh, she's never uh, renounced uh, her, her, her Marxist youth, uh, in the in the beginnings, uh, Lucas Roses, 
uh, he he wrote a expose which is uh, about Marsha Langton's uh, Marxist beginnings on the Unshackled, which has has got heaps. Uh, it's still getting heaps and heaps of hits, especially in the the cups of this uh, campaign. And so uh, she was a member of the National Committee for the Communist League. Uh, so she has a Langton was described by the Trotskyist newspaper Direct Action as one of the best known black Marxist activists in Australia. And this week, uh, uh, the first two comments uh, she made uh, that I'm going to play here were made in the past week. And the last two uh, remarks that she, she made a while back, but they're all things that she said uh, she's not being misquoted. We're playing directly her words. Every time the no case raises one of their arguments, if you start pulling it apart, you get down to base racism. I'm sorry to say it, but that's where it lands. Or just sheer stupidity. Ordinary Australians are thinking, yes, of course I'm voting for The Voice. Um, and that would be, you know, say 48, 49%. Then there's the hard no voters, and I'm hoping that they're about 20% and they're the ones who are spewing the racism. Both Conservative leaders, the Liberal Party opposition leader Peter Dutton and the National Party leader David Littleproud, have committed their parties to advocating a hard no case for the question. Moreover, their arguments are specious and increasingly absurd appealing to their racist base with claims that the proposal will racially divide the nation. Families have been broken apart by social workers who are, by and large, white and racist. We need a, a radical culture change uh, to stop the, uh, the police from criminalising more and more people uh, simply because the police are racist, um, because they get brownie points for rounding people up. Of course Australia's racist. It's a horrible racist country. And now remember the voice is supposed to unify uh, the, the nation. And of course, Marsha Langton, she's one of the architects of the voice. So with the, the Karma Langton report, uh, which is it, like the Uluru statement from the, the heart, according to Anthony Albanese, is some godlike, you're not allowed to question any of it. Of course, Anthony Albanese just keeps saying, oh, the Uluru statement from the heart, it's a very uh, gracious and uh, modest request and of course it demands a voice truth treaty and you would have seen on uh, social media uh, this week this uh, <laughs> uh, really uh, cringe uh, <laughs> trend of celebrities and politicians writing yes on their hand as uh, say so Anthony Albanese says people on all sides of politics are saying yes to the voice that's just elbow and the the teal women. Hang on, what's that? A let let's just zoom in on uh, Monique Ryan's uh, what she's got there. Voice Truth Treaty. There, she's got a sticker on her laptop. Oh, and she's still got a paper surgical mask there. So she's still she's still got the the mask maybe uh, for emergencies there. 
Now, of course, uh, contrast a uh, Marcia Langton uh, with uh, Jacinta Prices, the uh, Country Liberal Party Senator for the, the Northern Territory. Her epic National Press Club address, uh, Shadow Indigenous Australians Minister. Uh, now, Josh uh, Butler, uh, the, uh, the, the, the hipster reporter from The Guardian, one of the three worst, worst uh, uh, leftist reporters in Australia, the others being Cam Wilson and Mark Di Stefano, he decided to, well, he thought he, he was uh, asking her a, a, well, a curly question. Uh, now, this goes for, for a while. I recommend that all of you watch Jacinta Price's full one-hour press club address with her speech and the Q&A because she absolutely nailed it and blew apart the narrative that we're all told that Aboriginal culture is this wonderful dream time where it's just didgeridoos and dot paintings and smoking ceremonies and that it was the white men that all made them dysfunctional. She totally just, she totally smoked, pardon the pun, that fake fake history that we're all told. She said that uh, traditional Aboriginal culture, that is the cause of dysfunction, uh, where uh, uh, teenage girls are married off in arranged marriages. Polygamy is common practice. Uh, if somebody gets sick, uh, then that is seen as their, uh, that uh, they're cursed and, and so that they need to be and also, uh, so basically, uh, traditional Aboriginal culture—it's it's 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 barbaric as uh, the the worst of uh, Islamist uh, culture. And so, I'll play her uh, response uh, to uh, Josh Butler here. Senator Josh Butler from The Guardian, thank you for your speech. Um, in your speech, you claim some Indigenous organisations, quote, want to demonise colonial settlement. Could I ask you, please, do you believe the history of colonisation continues to have an impact on some Indigenous Australians? Uh, no. Very... I'll be honest with you, no, I don't think so. A positive impact? Absolutely. I mean, now we've got running water, we've got readily available food. I mean, everything that my grandfather had when he was growing up because uh, he first saw white fellows in his early adolescence, we now have. Um, otherwise, he would have had to live off the land, uh, provide for his family, uh, and, and all of those measures, which uh, Aboriginal Australians, many of us, uh, have the same opportunities as all other Australians uh, in this country. And we certainly have uh, probably one of the greatest systems around the, uh, around the world in terms of the democratic structure um, in comparison to other countries. It is why migrants come to flock to Australia to call Australia home because the opportunity uh, that exists for all Australians. But if we keep telling Aboriginal people that they are victims, well, we are effectively removing their agency uh, and then giving them the expectation that someone else is responsible for their lives. That is the worst possible thing you can do to any human being is tell them that they are a victim without agency. And that's what I refuse to do. So you don't believe that... As a quick follow-up, you don't believe there's any negative ongoing impacts of colonisation on Indigenous Australians today? Just, just to confirm. No, there's no ongoing negative impacts of uh, colonisation. 
What I will say, which I have suggested obviously within my speech, is that particularly for my family in remote communities, again, who live very close to traditional culture, who experience the highest rates of violence in the country, family violence, interpersonal violence, they experience that not because of the effects of colonisation, but because uh, it's expected that young girls are married off to older husbands in arranged marriages. Uh, women, we haven't had a feminist movement for Aboriginal women because we've been expected to toe the line when it's come to Aboriginal activism for the rights of our race, but the rights as women have been second place. Uh, and I have the lived experience, my mother has the lived experience as someone who was subject to traditional custom and expected to become a second wife in an arranged marriage. There are still people living this way in this country and yet those who have held the narrative because they have had an education and access to media ignore the plight of those in communities and this can't continue to go on. Thank you. We're moving into an area that goes well beyond the voice, but it is interesting, you know, I, I have talked to Indigenous people, and I'm sure others have too, who talk about generations of trauma in Indi among Indigenous Australians as a result of colonisation. Whether that means that colonisation continues now is probably a separate question, but would you accept that there have been generations of trauma as a result of that history? Well, I guess that would mean that um, those of us whose ancestors were dispossessed of their own country and brought here in chains as convicts are also suffering from intergenerational trauma. So I should be doubly suffering from intergenerational trauma. Uh, shouldn't by this intergenerational trauma logic, uh, Anglo-Saxons still be suffering intergenerational trauma uh, from the, the Norman conquest in, in 1066, uh, the, the, bat the Battle of, of Hastings? Uh, shouldn't there be an Anglo-Saxon uh, voice uh, to the British Parliament, especially since there's a, a non-Anglo-Saxon British Prime Minister at the moment? So, Jacinta Price, as I wrote on in an article on the Unshackled, uh, she engaged in actual truth telling. Uh, so there, of course, is this uh, the, the Uluru Statement of the Heart, Voice Truth Treaty, Makarata. No, no, not that truth about uh, the barbarity of traditional Aboriginal culture. It's an absolute national shame uh, that in our country uh, this is still happening. Uh, to women, children, and girls. It's an absolute national shame that we're allowing this. And it's covered up as well. This is this is covered up. It is absolutely disgusting. And uh, now on Sunday, there was the Walk for Yes uh, events in the major city CBDs. Interesting. They, they weren't in areas where a lot of Aboriginal people actually live. Uh, so Adelaide got uh, Paul Kelly, uh, Perth got uh, John Butler, uh, Brisbane uh, got uh, Bernard Fanning, uh, Sydney got uh, Missy Higgins, and Melbourne uh, got uh, Peter Garrett and Spiderbait. And uh, spotted uh, on the uh, throughout the the, the day uh, in in Melbourne uh, of all places uh, was uh, the the communist flag. Uh, so 
obviously Marcia Langton is not the the only uh, communist who is a high profile yes campaigner. Thomas Mayo, uh, he uh, was filmed on video uh, saying that uh, union uh, unionists should use their right of entry to go into workplaces to campaign for a yes vote. Uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Reed is also a communist, another voice activists and uh, literal red flags about the voice, the Communist Party of Australia uh, out there. So David Limbrick says the yes vote has too many red flags. Dr. David Adler, uh, why, are com why are communists so involved in the voice campaign? Dr. David Adler, of course, uh, head of the Australian Jewish Association, and uh, he is a leading no campaigner. And because he's gone against uh, the uh, Australian uh, Jewish establishment, uh, obviously Devere supports The Voice. Mark Liebler was co-chair of the, the referendum uh, council. Uh, he had to be uh, uh, destroyed. There was an expose in the mainstream media, well, so-called expose, uh, as uh, saying that, oh, look, he uh, suggested that uh, Stan Grant uh, has a spray tan and also that uh, questioned how uh, dark, uh, how much uh, indig indig indigeneity uh, that, that Lydia Thorpe has. Warren Mundine had a train wreck on insiders on Sunday. He said that he does support treaties uh, with... Uh, uh, various state governments and local tribes. We have the the first People's Assembly of Victoria here, paid for by the taxpayers. That is why, in part, why Victoria is so so broke uh, for treaty negotiations, and also the the Curie uh, Courts uh, as well, which basically leads to uh, those with Aboriginal uh, those claiming Aboriginality. Uh, if they plead guilty, getting sympathetic sentences. So uh, Jacinta Price, she was asked about uh, Gary Johns uh, suggesting blood tests for uh, Aboriginal benefits. Uh, Warren Mundine basically said, oh, like we had a cup of tea and he implied, oh, I didn't like what he said. But Jacinta Price said, well, uh, we should have uh, welfare on the basis of need, not race. So I don't support blood tests because uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't just, uh, need racial uh, tests for a uh, welfare. And I hope that my portfolio uh, doesn't even even have to exist. The reason she says that she's in the portfolio is because there's already so many uh, in Indigenous outfits at the, the federal level. Obviously, uh, the, the main one uh, that, uh, that uh, we hear of is the National Indigenous, Indigenous Advancement Agencies, uh, but uh, there is so many, so, so many different uh, outfits uh, that uh, Aboriginal uh, at the, the federal level I'll see if I've got the yes, I've got the 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 graphic graphic. I've got so many graphics here. So these are all uh, the Aboriginal uh, bodies set up by the the federal government here, funded by the the taxpayers. There, another Indigenous voice. Sure, add it to uh, the the list. And uh, now there are no rallies uh, nationwide this weekend, coinciding with uh, a worldwide freedom rally. Uh, so no to the voice, 
uh, in Sydney, Hyde Park, Brisbane, Queens Gardens, Perth Forest Place, Adelaide, Canberra, Melbourne at their respective Parliament House in the town of Casino at Wed Park and Yapoon at the old railway station, all at uh, 12 p.m. local time. Guest speakers to be announced, bring flag signs, bring your family and friends, hat, sunscreen, arrive early. Uh, Sydney is the big one uh, with uh, Craig Kelly of uh, the United Australia Party, John Ruddick, uh, Liberal Democrats for New South Wales, MLC, Ross Cameron, the president of the Liberal Democrats New South Wales. They're still the Liberal Democrats in New South Wales. They're the Libertarian Party nationally in Victoria. Uh, Tanila Mullock of One Nation and also Uncle Bruce Shillingsworth and Auntie uh, Glenda uh, Merritt are going to be uh, going to be speaking. Uh, now, obviously, as the 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 walk for yes uh, they had lots of uh, mu musicians uh on their side but there are musicians who are supporting well uh, uh voting no uh, angry anderson of of rose tattoo uh he he said that look we're spending all this this money uh we want to do the right thing like the voice is just going to just add to all of it. it's just going to be another failed uh, experiment and also uh, Kamal, a, a another famous uh, Australian uh, singer. Uh, he posted on his uh, Twitter uh, that he was voting no, and he said, "What's the voice? I don't understand it. It's just noise. It's not clear. Vote no, no. We're not going to vote apartheid. Where we don't want one race privilege." Kamal uh, was born in Malaysia. He is ethnic, ethnically a Indian uh, Tamil. Uh, and they are both, uh, if you've ever met them and met them, they are two of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Uh, Angry Anderson is also a, a community youth worker and also an actor on Fat Pizza and Houses. In fact, both Kamal and uh, Angry Anderson were in the original Fat Pizza movie 20 years ago. Angry Anderson has uh, also, he ran for the National Party in 2013 for Throsby. He led the anti-carbon tax rallies during Julie Gillard's time, stood for the Australian Liberty Alliance in 2016. Uh, Kamal has uh, supported the conservative side of politics for over three decades. He launched the the Liberals arts policy in, in 1993. Uh, Peter Ford, uh, the entertainment reporter, uh, he, they, uh, Kamal contacted him saying, I don't understand all this backlash. I'm getting my people so unkind. That's his, his catchphrase. And uh, Kamal uh, said, as, as said for people to uh, listen to his, uh, what Australia is to me song as to understand why he's voting no. Uh, Peter Ford, I don't know why he deleted this because it was a really good post. Fascinating to see an Indigenous homeless man outside Flinders Street Station this afternoon. Hundreds, maybe thousands of yes marchers walked right past him. Nobody stopped to acknowledge him. Nobody gave him anything. Maybe it happened outside the 20 minutes I was watching. And now Linda Burney, the Indigenous Australians Minister, who has put in a woeful performance in Parliament. She just reads from uh, pre-prepared answers when, when, she, when she's 
asked about the the voice uh, she was caught on well it was called a hot mic moment uh so this was this was her we just finished two weeks and really And now she said she wasn't calling the the questioning in Parliament uh, racist. She was saying that oh, the emails that she got uh, were were racist and 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 bullying. Uh, now the uh, the Fair Australia had their launch in Melbourne on Friday night, and it's good to even see moderate liberals such as Jane Hume are holding uh, vote no signs. The Adelaide launch is on tonight. And another uh, pro- uh, celebrity no campaigner, because we do need, uh, I think, celebrities to sort of say, hey, we're not all of these, uh, all of these uh, far left uh, wankers. Uh, now, of course, Sam Newman is voting no to uh, The Voice and in fact uh, got a, a no cap uh, that he he wore in this video that he posted to his smarter Sam Telegram. Oh, sorry, Twitter X. It's what we say for the voice. We say no. Whole lot of good reasons why. We have had the biggest day ever. The chicken came into the house. Rex turned up and spoke to Doc Fordham on the phone to Sydney. MichaelChristianMenswear.com. There he is there. He's got uh, the Ayatollah's got no written on the flap of her pyjamas. Uh, there's uh, Ivan, who's got glasses on. He thinks he needs glasses to see the camera. Don is over He's busy here. signing. You cannot be serious. Hats. I encourage you all to listen to Sam Newman's You Cannot Be Serious podcast. It's He, he never holds back. And uh, Don Scott being the, the senile old old co-host who sam gets frustrated in it's a it's a absolutely winning winning formula sam newman is a absolute legend dawn says i've met sam heaps of times through golf he's a proper gent he is i uh, he's 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 betrayed as a as a villain uh but uh he is one of the the nicest people that you will ever meet but he's got no time for political correctness and and other uh, other nonsense as well now, running out of time uh, completely, so uh, we'll just go uh, quickly through the US news. Uh, so Owen Schroyer, uh, InfoWars reporter, he got six months jail uh, for uh, being outside the Capitol covering January 6th for InfoWars. Absolutely outrageous, uh, disgusting. Uh, for for just doing his job, uh, but because he they classified him as being on capital grounds, so he's still going to be in jail. He's going to appeal. He's vowed to up, appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. But uh, now, obviously, uh, January 6th, uh, according to Democrats, it is worse uh, than uh, 9-11, the Civil War, and Pearl Harbor combined. And we had, well, uh, we, we had a, a, another insurrection on 9-11, way worse than uh, the actual 9-11 on 2001. There were these insurrectionists in Speaker Kevin McCarthy's office. They were 
there were these HIV activists, they were demanding a five-year reauthorization of the president's emergency plan for uh, H AIDS relief. Here they are. <laughs> Now, six, those six people in his office were arrested, and I assume they're going to be prosecuted by the Justice Department and Mary Garland and sentenced to uh, decades in prison, uh, since that's what uh, the, the Proud Boys uh, got uh, for entering the Capitol on January 6th. Of course, Enrique Otario, the Proud Boys leader, got the most 22 years and wasn't, wasn't even there. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, has, he has also uh, decided to, well, uh, return the favour with impeachment. He is now impeaching uh, Joe Biden over his and Hunter's uh, uh, using uh, using uh, Joe's when he was vice president uh, for business dealings in China and Ukraine. Uh, now Hunter Biden, he has got uh, that uh, felony uh, gun charge. Uh, it has been levelled because the the plea deal was torn up by uh, the judge. Uh, now, of course, uh, it's excused by the liberal media. Of course, Joe's going to support his his troubled troubled son. Now, also at the Capitol, I there was uh, appearing uh, before the Senate uh, was uh, the Democrat Secretary of State in Illinois, Alexei Gynolis. Uh, so he is uh, decrying the so-called book bans in in schools. Now, of course, uh, the Democrats are claiming that Republicans are, are banning books by not allowing uh, a number of uh, books in, uh, uh, to, to be in libraries uh, where school children, uh, even, even uh, elementary school children, uh, can access them. And uh, so uh, the Republican senator for Louisiana, uh, John Kennedy, he decided to read a excerpts from two of these books uh, that uh, Democrats are outraged uh, being banned uh, from school libraries. Us to do. Let's take two books that have been much discussed. Um. The first one is called All Boys Aren't Blue, and I will quote from it. I put some lube on and got him on his knees, and I began to slide into him from behind. I pulled out of him and kissed him while he masturbated. He asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself. This was my ass, and I was struggling to imagine someone inside me. He got on top and slowly inserted himself into me. It was the worst pain I think I have ever felt in my life. Eventually, I felt a mix of pleasure with the pain. Close quote. All boys aren't blue. The second is a, a, another much discussed 
book. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's called Gender Queer. Okay. Let me read an excerpt from that. Quote, I got a new strap-on strap harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I'm going to give you the blowjob of your life. Then I want you inside of me. End quote. Now, Mr. Secretary, what are you asking us to do? Are you suggesting that only librarians should decide whether the two books that I just referenced should be available to kids? Is that what you're saying? No. Okay. Tell me what you're saying. Well, first of all, there's this. Don't give me a speech. Tell me what you're asking will, me to do. With all due respect, Senator, the words you spoke are disturbing, especially coming out of your mouth is very disturbing. But I would, I would also tell you that we're not advocating for kids to read porn, to Senator Booker's what point. What are you advocating for? We are advocating for parents, random parents, not to have the ability under the guise of keeping kids safe to try and challenge the world view of every single manner on these issues. You're getting conceptual game. I'm what not getting conceptual. Well, I'm yes, saying that you are. Yes, you are. Because you, you, I want to know what you're recommending. It sounds to me like what. And Wokely cartoons basically summed up uh, how uh, the, the liberals react uh, when <laughs> a, a parent uh, reads out a genderqueer or another uh, book at a school board meeting. Uh, so put, put your cock in my mouth. Sir, you can't read porn here. Well, because it is porn. It's for children only. Now, Nobody is advocating, oh, well, there would be some, uh, but certainly most people are not advocating for these books to be banned for adults. Uh, adults uh, can make informed decisions about what books to read, what films to watch. I am not in favour of censorship. The, the, the two, uh, I've watched uh, probably the the two most uh, uh, disgusting films ever made, Cannibal Holocaust and uh, Silo, 120 Days of, of Sodom. I don't believe they should be, should be banned, uh, but they are rated R18 plus because no way uh, should children uh, be able to, to watch these movies because they show the darkest of human nature. Uh, but this is how uh, the the liberals have decided to, uh, to 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 twist things. That if you don't believe that there should be porn in the uh, erotica in the library, because obviously it's not picture porn, it's what you call erotica. If you don't want children to read that, you're in favour of book banning, censorship. You're like the Nazis and book burning. That that's of course uh, the analogy. Now, of course, they get they get upset when uh, the when uh, what's in these books uh, gets publicised. And I remember this is why libs of TikTok was attacked because it was how dare this account amplify what we're saying openly 
online. Uh, <laughs> now, other uh, US news, Mitt Romney, uh, the Rhino Senator from Utah, is uh, retiring. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is running again, uh, swell into her 80s. Uh, just uh, s- sticking on, uh, going back to some gender news, uh, Kelly J. Keene has cancelled her return to New Zealand uh, to, uh, to attend uh, the court hearing of Eli uh, Rubashkin, uh, the intersex uh, woman who threw the tomato soup on her in Auckland when uh, she was literally ran out of uh, the city. And now Campbell's Soup, uh, they have have sent Kelly J. Keene a cease and desist for uh, for selling her uh, Posey's tomato tomato can soup, saying it looks too much like their their logo and asking her to take it down from her adult uh, human female store obviously wanting to to own uh the uh the assault that she got uh so kelly j keen said that uh, she wasn't uh, she she wasn't convinced that uh her safety would be guaranteed uh, though in australia there was a a win uh for Carolee smith uh, the apprehended violence order that uh, Riley Dennis, uh, that uh, trans uh, woman, former YouTuber who is now living in Australia, married to a woman. Uh, one of, it reminds me of one of Kelly J. Keene's uh, slogans is men can't be lesbians, though Riley Dennis says that she's a lesbian. She is playing in the, the New South Wales soccer, soccer league because uh, Carolee Smith was leading a campaign to get Riley Dennis out of playing uh, in the, the women's league. Uh, she put in an AVO, but has been thrown out. So thank you. Uh, thank you to Carolee uh, Smith's uh, lawyer uh, for, because uh, now uh, she's also got her free speech back, Carolee uh, Smith. Now let's uh, finish off uh, with a health update. Uh, so, of course, uh, there's the new uh, Parola uh, variant, a BA uh, BA two point eight six, the another Omicron subvariant of of COVID. Remember, Parola is slang for cock penis. Now I'm getting over my third uh, cold of the year. I got the the sniffles again, uh, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't care how many times I get sick for li- for living my life. Um, life is worth living, and if you get sniffles from time to time, then it's worth it. Uh, the people who stay masked in their homes forever and still wish the world was in in lockdown, uh, they well they they they. They, of course, had their way in Australia for, for two years. We lived in absolute misery. That is no way to, to live. Uh, so uh, it is good that uh, their, uh, their, their uh, vision uh, for uh, remaking society has, has fallen apart, but it hasn't stopped them, them trying. And, of course, uh, there is still some uh, ridiculous public health officials in the world. Uh, there is the Canadian Chief Public Health Officer, Theresa Tam. Uh, this was her press conference recently. Just 
as a follow-up, and sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to take note. You're all you're all masking, which is lovely to see, of course. But most government ministers are are not now. Most MPs are not. Most people on the street are not masking. Is is there any specific guidance on that going forward at, at this point? Yes, Theresa Tam. So um, it is a layer of protection. We hope people have developed the habit to be able to use masks as needed during the respiratory virus season, not just for COVID, but for the, all the other um, respiratory pathogens that will be transmitted around this time. So I do think now is the time to get your masks ready if you don't already have them. Um, in our own particular context, we certainly in our area, there's been an uptick in some of the COVID-19 indicators. Uh, for me personally, there, there have been cases around, um, you know, my, even my work colleagues. So uh, that's one of the reasons uh, why we are wearing masks today. Now, the FDA in the United States uh, approved the, the updated Pfizer and Moderna uh, boosters aimed at the XBB uh, variants for every American six months and over. And now uh, both uh, here and in Europe, uh, boosters are only going to be for the over uh, 75s and uh, those who are immunocompromised, people who, well, uh, the there is the, the, clearly uh, the the risk benefit of them getting a jab versus a side effect is different uh, since uh, they are the most susceptible uh, to adverse uh, adverse health outcomes from respiratory viruses. Though there was this, uh, it's paywalled in the UK, but apparently uh, some uh, UK MPs uh, they want uh, the they want the eligibility of the COVID boosters brought down to over 50s to protect the NHS this winter. So uh, have an extra jab, not for your health, but for the NHS. And I don't, I'm not even from the UK, and but I will say, fuck the NHS. I mean, it is like, <laughs> it, it is one of uh, the most uh, uh, incompetent and uh, also, uh, also least functioning uh, government-run healthcare systems in the world. And the sooner uh, it is uh, dismantled in the UK, the cult of the NHS, uh, then uh, there might be uh, better healthcare for Brits. Uh, the NHS uh, overseas, it's most famous for uh, giving us uh, killer nurses. Uh, Lucy Ledby is appealing her sentence uh, for uh, the murder of those uh, those uh, infant babies. Uh, Lady of Shalott says, uh, the NHS needs to die. It's monstrous black hole of cash and utterly leftists. And Don Browning says, yes, it's fucked. And Castle Match says, the NHS spearheads a lot of the transgender cultism against children, evil. Uh, now, because of uh, the this uh, renewed uh, COVID fear peddling by the media and experts, uh, my favourite uh, COVID satirist, uh, Dr. Clown of Media Bear, is back with a 
another instant hit. I won't play the the whole thing, but since I put you through that horrible BBC uh, <laughs> British Black History song, I will play this uh, awesome uh, new new uh, media bear song. It's called Safety Back. I have to say it's it's superior to the Justin Timberlake original of of Sexy Back and uh, Doctor Clown uh, has a uh, from his safety lab every week a different live stream. He had uh, his IC mask people challenge where you can send him photos of all the ridiculous masks that people are wearing. And in the US, there are still people wearing masks while they're jogging outside and working out at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, if the COVID scare doesn't work, uh, there is an outbreak of the NEPA virus in a southern Indian province. And so, uh, this obviously, we've had uh, the Marburg virus in, uh, in, uh, in Central Africa, Ebola in Uganda, but now there is the, the return of this super deadly virus from bats. Uh, which has uh, killed two people in southern India already. Authorities in southern India are rushing to manage an outbreak of the deadly Nipah virus. Two people have died. Hundreds are being tested as potential contacts. Salima Shivji is in Mumbai with the details. Officials are on alert and taking precautions in the southern Indian state of Kerala because of this Nipah virus outbreak, particularly in the Koriko district. Some schools are closed, banks as well as well as government offices. Shops are shuttered and the streets are a bit empty. People are a little nervous and not just because of the loss to business, says this shopkeeper. After COVID, now we have this new virus and everything is shut again, he says. The Nipah virus spread through contact with fluids of infected bats, pigs or people is rare but has a 
Previous outbreaks do paint a scary picture. During the first one five years ago, 21 out of 23 infected people died because of the Nipah virus. Now, authorities say that in this case, they are taking every precaution possible. Kerala's health minister says all of the close contacts of those infected are being tracked and they are in isolation. At least 700 people have been uh, confirmed and identified as people who have had some sort of contact with either the victims or those who are infected and they are being tested for this virus. Police are monitoring vehicles at checkpoints, and the state has set up containment zones in the district where the infections are clustered. The federal government is also rushing in help, sending in experts to help with monitoring the spread of the virus as well as with contact tracing, while infectious disease specialists are working to study the strain of this virus known to be so deadly with the state on high alert. Salima Shoji, CBC News, Mumbai. Yes, be very afraid. Now, this is not an airborne uh, disease. It is spread basically the same way as Ebola, but I'm not, and the symptoms are similar to Ebola, but it's not, uh, as far as I know, it's not classified as a hemorrhagic uh, fever, which is what Ebola is. So it's vomiting, diarrhea, headaches, blood, all, all of that really, really horrible stuff. And it's, there's been deadly outbreaks in India before, uh, basically because of, well, unsanitary conditions, uh, bat droppings can contain it. Uh, so I wouldn't uh, shit yourself uh, over this. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, there is going to be some fear porn pump, uh, pumped out. And it's obviously, it, it's going to burn itself out pretty quickly if it's killing 75% there. Now, I've gone well over time. It was an epic Tim's News explosion for this week. I'll be back tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Melbourne time uh, for the the theorists on the theorists' uh, YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey uh, channel. I will put the, the link in to the, the YouTube live chat. And of course, if you don't want to send through a power chat, you can take out an unshackled membership. So there's bronze $5 per month, silver $10 per month, gold $25 per month, and platinum $50 per month. Uh, so make sure that... Uh, uh, if you want to make uh, that we can keep producing and bringing you the the news i uh, that uh, i think of an unshackled membership uh, now of course i there'll be another report with richard wollstonecroft uh later in the week uh, there is the melbourne underground film festival muff uh, 23 uh, which is in early uh december uh so i see uh, that uh, We'll get this, get this, get this off the screen. Uh, Palo Conservative Australian has said, Tim is when is the march for the babies? It is in October seventh, Saturday, October seventh, midday. I think it's midday, or or it's probably safe to get there by midday. Uh, I think the official march starts at one p.m. from Treasury Gardens. Uh, Bernie Finn, uh, former uh, Liberal MLC, now with Family First. I, he will be leading the march as per usual, and I will be doing my best also to, to get to the Melbourne No Rally uh, this weekend. 
Uh, so there'll be a lot happening in Melbourne. And of course, for the voice referendum on October 14th, it is also the New Zealand general election. So we'll be having a Trad Tasman Talk Super Saturday live stream starting at 5 p.m. Melbourne time, anchored by myself and, and Dewey DeBoer. Uh, so it will be quite a busy night. Uh, so thank you so much for sticking sticking with the show all throughout uh, tonight. In the meantime, stay safe, stay safe, stay sane, stay warm. Uh, sorry, stay cool because the warms uh, the uh, uh, the weather is warm at the moment. And uh, so it's a total fire ban in Sydney tomorrow. Uh, so obviously the global boiling is already pu be pumped up, but it's common sense what to do in warm weather. Uh, drink. Drink water so you don't fake from dehydration and put sunscreen on uh, so you don't get sunburn. If you get sunburn once, you'll learn your lesson to put on sunscreen and also wear a hat. So there's also no, you don't get <laughs> potentially skin cancer on the head uh, as well. And also stay happy, uh, stay free, and uh, also stay optimistic as well. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.